Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. My, my little brother's in the Air Force, so uh, he's a doc with the Air Force, and so he was in Chicago, and then he was sent to San Antonio, then he was sent to Alaska, and now they're in England, and, and he didn't get to you know, say, yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested in this location. Like, no, he just, he, he goes where they tell him to go, mm-hmm. and, and I think there is something in that that's terrifying but inspiring at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I have the tyranny of choice. And so I can find things to distract myself to right. get off mission. But there is something about a soldier where it's like, no, if your officer says do it, you do it. Mm-hmm. And, and my brother and I have talked a lot about that, of how that was one of the hardest shifts going to the military was just, yeah, we, we had to realize as a family, we don't have choice. Right. We just, we got to go. Right. You know, if they tell us to go, we go. If they send me there, I go. It's just the way it is. This series, we're looking at 2 Timothy. It's Paul's last letter to Timothy, and there are only four chapters, but they pack a punch. I am so glad you've joined us. Today, we're talking about 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. And as I was thinking about people that I wanted to talk to for this podcast, to have these conversations with, I was thinking about one of the pastors that uh, used to be at the church that I go to, and when he preaches, he is he's so funny and he's so entertaining that sometimes you don't even realize the depth of what he's saying. And I thought, God, that's who I want to talk about because this is some hard stuff that's happening in Second Timothy with Paul's last words. So I am so, so grateful that when I asked, he said, yes, he is the campus pastor of an upcoming Minneapolis campus for Eagle Brook Church. It opens up, opens up on September 10th. He is Pastor John Taylor. There we go. Welcome. Wow, that's quite the intro. <laughs> My, that's those are high expectations. I feel like yeah. now I usually try to lower expectations mm-hmm. a lot, and then yeah, people sorry, are sorry. pleasantly Wake surprised. Up, John. Time to go. So we better bring it. Yeah, <laughs> we better bring it. No, so so glad to be here. Honestly, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you said yes. I'm excited for the conversation, and I always I just I appreciate not only the way that you present content, but the way that you engage with the Bible. I mean, it's you're you're very real, and you know, and you live it. Too. I mean, the way that I see Sometimes. you and Carla. Yeah, I know. All right, we're all still human. Yeah, let's yeah. let's, let's no, remember that. Yeah. So today we're talking about Second Timothy two one through seven. And I didn't ask you this before, so hopefully you don't mind being on the spot. Would you mind so, just reading yeah. that before yeah, you we bet. get started? Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier for Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. So good. Yeah. And this whole letter, I mean, I always think it's when somebody's, it's somebody's last words to somebody you want, I feel like you want to really pay attention to what they're saying. Like this, they know that this is their last opportunity to say something. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think of that with all of his, especially the ones where he's in Rome and it's, and he kind of knows, like you said, right at the beginning, it really Mm -hmm. is his last words. And Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I think about that if I was, if I'm speaking to a group of people on one of these letters and I say, hey, imagine you're in prison. And then I right. usually think like some of you might be someday. Um, and <laughs> you wouldn't waste the words, right? right? And so I think we have to do have to pay 
special attention to those letters because it's like this is Paul's last chance mm-hmm. to share whatever was on his heart, whatever he thinks is most important. And so there's a punchiness, I think, to these letters yep. where he's like, I'm not going to mess around. You know, I'm not going to see you again. So I need to know that you feel this, right. you know, or you know this before before the end comes because he knows it soon. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like as as culture is changing and people have lots of feelings about that. I feel like these letters are a good encouragement to re- to keep the main thing the main thing. Yes, and absolutely. To keep following Christ, and so I keep I have, I have found myself coming back to Paul's letters time and again when I feel a little nervous or feel a little anxious about yes. you know what's happening around me in the world. It, it could be really easy to focus on that instead of no. What is my mission? What yes. is, this is my mission. So what stands mm. out to you in this? In this section. Well, you just said it, I think. I mean, honestly, thank you. I guess <laughs> well, we, we can wrap coming, it John. up. Hey, yeah. it's been great, everybody. Um, but honestly, that's it. I mean, I think he, you know, his, Paul's discipline is what stands out to me mm. in this section. Mm-hmm. And then his challenge for Timothy to be disciplined, you know, and it's funny because he never uses that word, but he sort of gives that like threefold example of the soldier and the athlete and the farmer. And, um, and I think, and all of them kind of are around this concept of, you know, what does it mean to stay, fo- like what you just said, to stay focused, right? Mm-hmm. To not get distracted. And, and that's what's so refreshing about scripture, right? Is that I can't remember who said it, but it, you know, it's, it's not written to us, but it's written for us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my, my name's not Timothy. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, he's not writing to me, but he is writing for me. Right. Um, and it's, it's incredible to think, you know, 2000 years later, the words are still Totally applicable. Incredibly what we need to hear, you <laughs> yeah. know, and just like what you said, there, there's, there's so much noise in the world that it's so easy for us to get off mission. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we have, we're always supposed to be on mission, right? Yep. Like that's what's so incredible about our faith. We're, we're called to not just live it or just be it or believe it, but to express it and, and to be a part of God's plan to reach other people. Yep. I mean, I still think that's what's so incredible. You know, especially just kind of at the beginning there, there's that multiplication effect is what we call it. You know, this kind of, you know, I teach you, you teach others, they teach others, they teach others. And, and so on and, and so, so on. And so on and so forth. Um, but, I mean, we're sitting here because it worked. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. I mean? Like we are sitting here, you know, like I said, 2,000 years later because it worked. And, and there's just – it's funny in a, in, a, in, a, in a get-rich-quick society where we want everything to be so fast, I love that there is just an inefficiency to that. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Paul doesn't say, you know, okay, put on a huge thing. You know, or be really flashy, yeah, be really flashy or, or do all these things, you know, fire up the lights and the sun. It's like, it's just, nope, just take what I've learned and find some other trustworthy people and teach them and then empower them and equip them to teach others. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how it's always been. Right. And that's, that's how the gospel takes root in people in ways that, that we just can't believe. Yep. So as you were talking, I was thinking about the, the parable of the seeds yes. and because in verse three, he talks about endure suffering along with me. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and I, you know, those seeds that that fall and get choked out by the weeds yep. of life. That sometimes we can get choked out by the suffering of life. How how have you experienced the the benefit, which sounds funny, the benefit mm-hmm. of of suffering? Because he's he's saying, you know, endure along with me. Yeah, come along with me and suffer suffer with me. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's the with me is where the benefit is. To be honest, I think it's that relational connection with other people on the journey of kind of being on mission that makes all the difference in the world. Yep. You know, when I think of the experiences I've had where I've felt on mission, because there's like I've had plenty of mission drift in my life. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, there's been <laughs> yeah. there's been plenty of times I have gotten, you know, when he talks about don't get caught up in civilian affairs you know, mm-hmm. or civilian ways. Like 
I for sure get cut up on that far too often, right? And I and I'm not paying attention to who enlisted me, who is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I so, imagine as a pastor, yes, like you could to, the administration of yes. your job and to get distracted by that and not absolutely. I've been reading a book lately, and she's talking about looking at um, look as a as a pastor. It's easy to look at the people out there as not as co laborers, right? But as consumers, correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and as Paul even talks about, you know, in Ephesians, right, we're we're, we're called as pastors to equip the mm-hmm. saints for the work of the church. Right. And I can lose sight of that, right? And just get just get busy working and kind of doing and kind of lose sight of the actual the mission of 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 the ministry, you know, from from Matthew twenty eight. And so, so I do think those those times where I've felt sort of the joy of the suffering, it's in that I'm with people. Mm-hmm laboring for the gospel, right? These, mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's on a weekend, you know, at church, whether it's at a funeral, you know, whether it's walking a family or a couple through a different situation, whether it's a hospital visit, you know, it's, it's usually when you're with people and you're, cause there is, I think a genuine spiritual component that you experience in that moment, right? When you're willing to surrender the comfort of whatever your day was to sort of follow where God is leading, mm-hmm. it's profound. Yep. You experience something, you experience a depth of relationship and trust in him that you don't when you just kind of go through the grind of the day. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when you look back at, you know, when you're with a, a body of believers, whether it's in, you know, a small group or in a church, that when you look back at, you know, like, wh- what is this group about or what has made this group tight or, you know, what what are the markers of the identity of this group? I feel like a lot of times it's the times that we've suffered together. Absolutely. You know, some sign that there's been a loss and someone, you know, people have come come around like you're talking about that you're not suffering. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be yes. comforted. That yep. word comforted I just recently did a study on it and it was talking about somewhere some other places it's um translated as pleaded, mm. which I thought was in it was almost like a come yes. like a come to me, like calling, um, like call, not a, not you're not calling dogs to you, but you yep. know, like that, like yep. come here, you know, I'm I'm sad. I need you. Come yes. to my side. That when we're mourning and we are, we express that, then people will come. And yes. Comfort. Oh, so the hardships for sure. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with you. I think, and it, the bummer, or not I don't know if it's a bummer. It's just the it's the, it's the way it is right now. Is we do everything we can to avoid that. Right. Right. We bow to the altar of comfort. A hundred percent. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I was reading an article recently called the misery filter. Talk about the misery filter, and we have the opportunity to filter out misery in our lives. But because of that, we're missing the opportunity to realize that there's a lot of misery in the world, right. and actually, that's often where we meet God mm-hmm. or and experience Him in a deeper, more mature way. I think you. You've lived some life as well, yes. you know. Like you're, you're, you're not twelve. You right. know, you, you've, you've experienced <laughs> no, some life, I'm not. right? And, <laughs> yeah. and and the older I'm getting too, now in my mid forties, it's I can affirm that that is where God showed up, mm-hmm. right? And when I look back, I think of the greatest times of my life. It's also directly linked to the worst times of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they are they are part of the same story that God's writing. It's in those crucible moments that God's grace showed up. It's in those crucible moments. In my marriage, it's in in my friendships. You know that's you know missions experiences, whatever it might be. Those are the times where you go, man. I'm glad I experienced that. Yeah, I never, I, I never want to go through that no. again. No, but thank I'm you. so grateful for yes. what God did in the in the midst of that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's not cliche. It's true. No, it's real. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep. Well, and then he goes on to talk about the soldier, and that was another thing that stuck out to me that soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. They cannot please, or they can't please the officer that enlisted them, and it made me think of the faith of the centurion that we see in Matthew 8, that he wanted him to come and heal his servant. And Jesus said, I'll, I'll come with you. I'll heal him. And he was like, no, 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 you don't, need, you don't even have to come. Yeah. Like, you could just have to say it. And Jesus is amazed at his faith. At his, at yeah. his faith. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about, you know, the faith of a soldier 
that this is our mission yeah. and and I'm I'm going to do my mission and not get sidetracked from yeah. it. Yeah, is, for, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think again it kind of comes back to what you said at the very beginning just this 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 critical focus and and consistency. You know, one of the things I read to, just dedication, right? Mm-hmm. There's just this dedication to what you need to do and my my little brother's in the Air Force. So uh, he's a doc with the Air Force, and so he was in Chicago, and then he was sent to San Antonio, then he was sent to Alaska, and now they're in England. And and he, he didn't get to Choose. you know say yeah, like yeah. I'm sorry that doesn't work for me. You know <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested in this location. Like no, he just he he goes where they tell him to go. Mm-hmm. And and I think there is something in that that's terrifying but inspiring at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I have the tyranny of choice. And so I can find things to distract myself to right. get off mission. But there is something about a soldier where it's like, no, if your officer says do it, you do it. Mm-hmm. And, and my brother and I have talked a lot about that, of how that was one of the hardest shifts going to the military was just, yeah, we, we had to realize as a family, we don't have choice. Right. We just, we got to go. Right. You know, if they tell us to go, we go. If they send me there, I go. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I find that it feels like a lot of conversations about walking with the Lord come down to surrender. Mm, <laughs> that yeah. sometimes I break out in hives when I hear yeah. surrender because that's just so, feels so against. I'm sweating a lot right now know, just when right? you said that. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And athletes winning the prize, you know, having that, you know, saying no to things to say yes to better things. Yes. And I think to what you've said, as we've been talking with so many good choices in front of us, I think saying some. I think saying no to a good thing is harder than saying no to a bad thing. Like if you know it's bad, it's Absolutely. easy to say no. But if you have all these good things and you want to figure out what is the best thing or where is God leading, yep. then I feel like that's sometimes a harder no. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and I think especially um, you know in our context here, we have the opportunity to say yes to a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's kids and sports or. Um, activities or or trips or you know whatever it might be there's just there is or even a, like if you go into like a more spiritual like mm-hmm. bible studies and yes. choir and all of those yes. kinds of things yes there's a thousand activities yes. of faith right right that we can be a part of as well it's um it, it, when you just saw that, said that it reminded me of we were doing baptism services actually right right outside oh. here in Lake Johanna just on <laughs> just on the way um a few years ago and and we had been given an older boat by a friend mm-hmm. you know he's like do you want a boat and I'm like I don't know. Does it run? You know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't grow up as boat Do people. I? <laughs> so, but it was a beautiful little old boat. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm with the group doing baptisms. My wife was like, well, I'll, I'll bring the kids around the boat and we'll watch from the water. I thought, oh, it's a great idea. So she brings it around and it was a pretty windy day. And at some point she couldn't get the engine started. And the boat started floating into the baptismal zone. <laughs> and so, awkward. so I'm baptizing people, you know, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then Carl's like, John, the boat, can you? can you swim out here? I was like, I can't. I'm baptizing people, you know, and there's people watching. There's pictures being taken and videos and here's this boat getting closer and closer. And, and that's, you know, she, she's like, it's broken. You know, it can't work. She's like throwing the anchor in the water to try to pull herself out of the zone and all this stuff. We had to call a friend who brought his pontoon over and like pulled her out of the way. And all. it was, it was hilarious. But what had happened was she had flooded the engine. Oh, she had tried to start it so many times. So much gas got put in the engine that it actually choked it out. Mm. And, and I think that is uh, such an illustration of our uh-huh. lives, right? It's like gas is really good, mm-hmm. super important for the engine. You can't have the engine running without gas, but too much gas chokes it out. And and so often in life, we're we're filling our lives with so many things. We're actually choking out 
kind of what God really maybe wants us to focus on, mm-hmm. you know? And yep. I think sometimes like exactly what you said is exactly right. You know, like we have to say no to a lot of good things to say yes to the best things. Yep. And I think that's, that's a discipline that athletes have yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and there, what I loved about this, um, the original Greek in there that Paul uses and the way they understood training, it wasn't just, he's not just talking about don't cheat like in the race or something, but he says he's meaning don't cheat in the training. Mm. So the word he uses there is about like training and competing the right way. And I just thought that was kind of a cool, you know, kind of nuance to that, you know, that, that it's exactly what you're saying, right? It's not, it's not just, you know, don't, don't, don't circumvent the rules it, to win the race. It's also in the way that you train mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way that you're disciplined, the way you get ready and the way that you prepare, you know, make sure you're still doing it the right way. And I think that amount of discipline I would love to have in my life. <laughs> I've been actually watching that with my son. He he wrestled for the first time this year. Oh wow! Which okay. I had a lot of feelings about at the beginning, um, and ended up really enjoying it. But you know they have to they have to hit a certain weight, and so right. he had to be very disciplined about what he ate and yes. what he everything that he consumed so that he would keep weight and making sure that he was consuming the best thing so he could stay strong right. and be able to compete. And it was really, you know, it was quite a testimony to his mother, who's not as disciplined as he is, that that every day he was making, I would see him making choices mm. and saying, you know, no to good things, to be able to yeah. say yes to better things. That's so good. And and not only, yeah, so exactly what you're saying. And that was his training. Because wrestling is lots of training in six minutes yes. of actual competition yeah. i mean or you think about a runner oh, yeah. all that training in like 30 seconds yeah. for your i swam for okay. college um which i know it's hard to believe so yeah. <laughs> if this was on video people be like that guy swam i don't think that guy swam um but i did and but it's the same thing right i mean it's like it's all of this time and preparation in the yards and and there's just no way to cheat it mm-hmm. it's actually why i love baseball 162 games a year you know it's like you can get lucky in a football season for 16 games or mm-hmm. 17. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get lucky in short periods, but for baseball, like you have to be legitimately good to be good for a whole 162 games. Right. And I think that's what's, what I love about that sport, but that's why I've enjoyed about swimming, tra- you, know, what, you know, wrestling. I mean, you, you have to do the work. Right. Or it will be exposed in, you know, the minute you swim <laughs> or the six minutes you wrestle or, you know what I mean? Like yep. you can look great, your body, can, but if you haven't done the training, if you haven't taken care of it, you're, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so then it goes on to the hardworking farmers that should enjoy the fr- the fruits of their labor, which yes. I I did not grow up farming, but I mean, again, I think we're seeing the discipline. I'm thankful for farmers. I'm so thankful for farmers, <laughs> but that discipline of like early yes. getting up early and taking care of the farm and yep. all the hard work that that goes into that and the trust. This is what gets me, especially with farmers who have crops. Yes, like you are so dependent. On the weather, like your livelihood is dependent on the weather and which has been, you know, crazy the last few years. And, you know, we've been hearing a lot that there's flooding. And so then they have to wait for their fields to drain and the, the trust that it takes for a farmer to be able to, to even get a crop. Yep. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, again, that dedication that you have to have. What I love about what I love that he put this in there with the farming is because it is such a long it's such mm-hmm. a long season. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and you you don't know. Right. And until the it's harvest. a big trust game. It, it is. Like. Right. And so mm-hmm. I do I do kind of like that. You know, the soldier thing almost seems somewhat mechanical. Like, you know, they tell you where to go, you go. Okay. I can understand that. Athlete, okay. You know, you work hard, you'll see you you should be able to win or you'll you'll be able to compete in the race. With farming, 
there's so much abstract random <laughs> to farming <laughs> mm-hmm. that's outside the control of the farmer. Right. Um, and yeah, I love that Paul's like, he should be able to enjoy it. They should be able to enjoy the first fruit, right? They should be. And, but it's because they've been dedicated. Right. And they've been dedicated without knowing, you know, and I think that's, that's powerful to me. You know, you think you're cultivating the soil, you're, you're, you're planting, you're, you're feeding and watering, you're harvesting, you're responding to weeds, you're responding to drought, you're responding to conditions outside. I mean, all of these factors mm-hmm. are at play just for four to five or six months later to maybe yeah. have a fruit, you know, um, and yet it's set it's set up as that's how we should do it. Right. Right. And yep. I think we're so used to guaranteed outcome or at least we think we have mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it brings me back to that very beginning of this passage where Paul's saying, teach one, teach one, teach one, teach one, you know, kind of this inefficiency because as a pastor, I can tell you, people are abstract random, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so as pastors, we feel much more, I would say, we feel much more like farmers mm-hmm. than we do coaches mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, officers in an army, you know, we feel like farmers mm-hmm. because you, I can't make someone experience transformation. Right. I can't, I can, I can guide them with wisdom. I can provide some counsel, but at the end of the day, whether that, whether that takes yep. root is, 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 is on them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and based on their relationship and where they're at with Jesus. And yeah, and the Holy so, Spirit plays a big play. Yes. Big, big yes. Right. And it's, so it's, it's wonderfully humbling. Right. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I counsel pastors a lot like, yeah, you're not as important as you think you yeah. are because <laughs> at the end of the day, God has a plan for that person far beyond you. Now we have a role to play. We all have a role to play, right. but I do love that, that he brings in that farmer piece at the end because it, it's a reminder to me of that, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. That we have a role to plant and to sow seed. But God is the one who waters the ground, right? right. Yep. And, and so I think farmers know that. Um, and we do well to remember that, <laughs> I think. Was it Eugene Peterson that said long obedience in the same yes, direction? Yes, same direction. Yep. Yes, that yep. dedication is – again, I think that's so much what Paul is trying to challenge Timothy on is that, right? It's just like you said, don't get distracted. You know, stay dedicated. Keep working. You know, you, you know what you're supposed to do. You know, I'm your enlisting officer. Like, I've showed you the way, mm-hmm. right? You've seen me. I mean, you think of the fact that Timothy's been with Paul on, I think, three of the missionary journeys. So, like, he's seen Paul preach. He's seen Paul teach. He's seen the witness. He's seen the testimony. And and so you just, you see this kind of like, so so do that, you know, mm-hmm. and keep doing that. Keep working that way. And I think, I think too, Timothy actually ends up going and visiting Paul in Rome, gets arrested. But then I, I don't, we don't really know exactly what happens out of that. But I do think there's just... Timothy lived it mm-hmm. as well, yep. which is inspiring. And I love Paul's reminder at the very beginning of the letter where he's pointing out Timothy's spiritual, mm. the, the, the yes. spiritual heritage that yeah, the he lineage. has. Yes. Yeah, the lineage, yes. So important. Yep. yep. Is there anything else that you want to make sure we talk about? Oh, so many, about? so many things. <laughs> um, no, I mean, honestly, this, it, it is such a, these letters, I would encourage people is, is to read them with the earnestness that Paul, I think, felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even encourage people, you know, throughout t- as, as they go through the study, you know, read Second Timothy in one sitting, yeah, a number of times. I mean, definitely break it down into these these moments. But I, I I challenge people, you know, read the passage we're talking about, but then then read the whole thing again, like a letter, like a letter, right? Like you should read it like a letter. And I think sometimes when we do that, when we just pick up our pace a little bit at times to read through these letters, uh, it makes it come alive. And I, th- I think just to close that that last line that he says it always makes me laugh a little bit. You know, I think. Think about what I'm saying. Lord will help you understand. You know, it's almost like, yeah, God's you'll got this. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you'll get it. And it, it does remind me. I mean, Paul all the time talks about asking God. I, I, I've had Ephesians 1 down, chapter 17. You know, he's asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight 
so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And I think that's what we hope for, right? Because that knowledge of God is not head knowledge. That's relational knowledge, right? It's a depth of experiencing God in a way that we haven't before. Mm-hmm. And and that requires spiritual wisdom and understanding. Yep. And I would say to face this life, to stay on mission, we need that. So, Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for taking the time to Great. do this. I appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. If you'd like to find out more about John Taylor, you can check out the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 14. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.